Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dave Cast. Uh, appreciate all my listeners. Every every episode, I thank you guys for listening. I really do. If anybody wants to be on my podcast or anybody who you can think of somebody uh, that you think would be a cool guest, um, I've got some people lined up for sure, and I just got to make it happen. And and that's why I'm doing a podcast right now. I was like, I got to go home and just do one. And there's times where I don't feel like doing it, or I just. I'm like, man, I don't have enough stuff to talk about. Or I'm going to sound dumb if I don't, you know, I don't, if I haven't done enough research on certain subjects I want to talk about. And I don't really care. I'm just going to say what's on my mind. And if it's wrong, then fuck it. It's wrong. Or you guys can try to, like, write me. Let me know. Like, if you guys think anything I say, if you don't agree with it and you want me to, to you know, indulge in it a little more or whatever, you guys can give me as much feedback as possible. Like, I want more feedback. I want to be better at this. I really want to get good at podcasting. Uh... Having Robin on the other day was awesome. Having a guest on makes it so much easier. Like, I have to sit here in my house by myself talking to a microphone of what's on my mind and how I feel. And, I, and part of me wants to try to motivate you guys to, like, you know, get up and get out there and, and make your life better by not settling with uh, your life. Like, don't settle. Like, I just got home and took my boots off. I, I'm only on eight hour shifts still, man. And I don't know how people. I could do it. I can do it for the next 30 years if I have to, but I don't want to. I don't want to sit in there and wreck my body, standing on my feet all day, my achy knees and and all that. You know what I mean? Not that I don't want to be a welder anymore. I just don't know if I want to work in a factory, and it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be a stand-up comic. Um, I haven't really talked about that on here much. And, like, to the point where I get emotional about thinking about I can't. I want to get on stage and I want to talk about all the funny shit that I, I can think of. Like, I like, I love to make everyone laugh. I like to make everything funny. Anything. I'm at funerals and it's like in my head, you're like, can't say that joke, you know, or something. And I just want to make everybody laugh. And, and I don't know, like my dad was always a funny guy. And my grandpa Bert was the funniest man I ever met. That guy said the most funniest stuff to me ever. And it was like, do other people know grandpa talks like this? And he was just an amazing man. And that dude, like he, oh, I just refer to grandpa as that dude. Uh, he, um, before he died, like years, for years, he talked about wanting to die, talking about praying to God, and he knows he's ready to go and can't wait to die. And in the, in the end, it was all done to like make it easier when he died. And I don't know if he did it on purpose or not. But I think about that all the time. Like, you're, you're at Grandpa's wake, and he's in the casket, and he's looking all rough, you know, because they never make the body look dor- normal ever, you know what I'm saying? But... I'm sitting there and my arms are crossed and I'm just like, I'm really not that sad right now. This is what he wanted. He's been talking about this forever. Like he got what he wanted. Like that's great. You know what I mean? It's sad knowing he was gone. Like knowing like I lost three, I lost three grandparents almost within a year. And it's just, you know, they had to go, you know, like life's going to take them eventually. Not everybody lives forever. And you know, they were old and like they were pretty, pretty struggling with, you know, Grandma Tyne had some, she was struggling health-wise, Grandma and Grandpa and Helmbrecht were just going downhill, you know what I mean, and it's just what happens when you get 90 years old, you know, you just don't stick to, you know, and seeing them go sometimes is a blessing, but it's sad to know they're gone, and I used to be able to rely on them, you know, and getting emotional, Jesus, you guys, see what you do to me, but anyway, uh, where was I, ah, see you guys, I'm dying, laugh, here we go. Anyway, if you guys know anybody who wants to be on my podcast or you want to be on my podcast, hit me up, you guys. Message me. Comment on my shit. It doesn't matter. You know, at Dave's Podcast One uh, at gmail.com. Uh, Dave's Podcast on Facebook. Dave Helmbrecht on Facebook. Uh, 
hit me up, you guys. Send me a message. I'm on Funny Welder on Instagram. I don't even use Twitter, but I have Funny Welder on Twitter. You've got to be famous to be on Twitter or some shit. I'm still sick, you guys. So you can hear a lot of sniffles, and I probably have done a bunch already. Uh, I'm on the uphill on it or whatever. Like It was bad for a couple of days. I missed work on Monday. Uh, I was coughing and hacking shit up all night, and I never get sick. And I got sick, so. <laughs> but I'm fighting through it, vitamin C, a lot of water, and I'm staying out of the gym. Like, I want to go to jujitsu really bad. The mouse just fell on the floor, and that's all right. <laughs> but I really, I really wish I could be at the gym, but we got guys that got fights coming up, and I got to stay away. So, shout out to those guys. Um, if you guys want to go watch some MMA fights, I believe they're up in Walker, Minnesota, I believe it is. I don't even know what promotion it is right now. Um,. Not even going to try to... Maybe it is North Star I think it is North Star Combat. But... So that's coming in September 21st, I believe. No, I haven't done no research on their fights at all. I mean, I know the guys, they're fighting and things like that, but I'm saying where and when and where they are. I haven't even looked into it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But if you guys have a chance, get out to Map Fitness and check it out. It's an awesome gym. Um, Megan is a straightforward, you know, get at it kind of person and... I don't know. I think it's a great gym. Uh, MMA cage and the mats and stuff. And if you guys ever want to like try jujitsu, I charge nothing. Spider monkey grappling. I am the spider monkey. Robin gave me that name. She said every time she sees me doing jujitsu, I just look like this little spider monkey and everybody else is bigger and I'm just faster and slicker because I'm a spider monkey. And But if you want to do some jujitsu, you want to learn some self-defense, like don't be afraid to hit me up and... And, and I'll show you some stuff. Honestly, I love to teach, and I love. To, I just hope other people get hooked on it like I do. Like my jujitsu journey's been wicked, and it's been different, and it's just can't wait to do it, man. It's like changed my life because honestly, like, and I sum it up like this: in jujitsu, like in life, you can lie, you can fake shit, you can, you know, just be a fake, and you can get on the mat with somebody else, and you ain't faking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you can. Just, sit and talk all day about how bad you are or whatever and how badass you are or whatever and yeah it all the truth comes out on the mat so that's what i love about jujitsu uh i feel it just humbles you it teaches you to be calm under pressure because everybody who starts jujitsu is all tense and all crazy and all just psycho and when they first start they just don't know what to do and they just grab onto things and hold on and and eventually just learn to be so calm and chill like you don't even get tired when you do it anymore you know um, yeah, I love jujitsu. So get out to map, you guys. Um, what do I want to talk about? Uh, politics, right? So I guess my my podcast is considered pretty po- political, and I've been thinking a lot about that lately. And a lot of people I know, even myself, for a long time didn't I didn't look I didn't care about politics. I didn't read into it. I didn't look into it. I didn't care. Well, Donald Trump is our president. Whether you think he's doing good things, whether you think he's doing terrible things, whether you think he's racist, whether you think he's not racist, doesn't matter. But Donald Trump is our president, and right now is a really good time to get political. Uh, after shit calms down and we fix the racial divide in this country, and people start trusting our president, whether it's Donald Trump or the next president, I'm just saying, like, you got to stop crying that he's there. He's there, you know what I'm saying? And you hear all these these scandals and all this stuff. Like, people are like, oh, this tape's going to come out with him saying the N-word on it. And if they had that shit, they'd be using it. If, you had a, if they had a smoking gun to get Donald Trump out of office right now, they would use it. And they just don't have it, you know what I mean? He says stupid, dumb, vulgar shit that he shouldn't because he has influence over people. 
That's something I just learned. Uh, I just learned. Like, I defended Donald Trump a lot. I'm like, well, he talks like an American. He acts like an American. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I think he has a lot of influence over a lot of stupid people. And he... Seriously, like, those... And if he says things that are somewhat racial and he makes a whole bunch of stupid other people think that they can say it. And that's not helping the racial divide in this country. I want everybody to be equal and I want everybody to be free, for real. Like, I'm not trying to be some social fucking justice warrior. These last six months, eight months, whatever, since I hurt my neck, I've had a lot of time to sit around and think and a lot of time to realize that I don't want to be a factory worker for the rest of my life. Uh, I want to get on the stage and do some comedy. I want to make people laugh. You know, and whether I do it as a comedian, like whether I'm going to be in a comic or not, you know, maybe I'll get on stage and just suck. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll get on stage and my nerves, I could just never get over the nerves of being in front of people. But I just want to try it. I want to give it a shot, you know. And uh, I know Minneapolis has a really good comedy scene and I've almost thought about going there and trying, you know, just get up on stage a bunch of nights of the week and just hit it hard. And I got tons of shit I write down. I write down so much funny stuff in these books that I think is funny. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Then people said to do my, do your stand up on the podcast, Dave, and it's like, no, um, that's not the right platform for comedy, man. Comedy is on a stage, in a small, barely lit room in front of other people that are actually watching you and can feel you, and they can tell that I'm going to tell my life story to you guys, and I'm going to make it funny, and it's you know what I mean. And I need them to feel me, not just hear me through a podcast. You guys are feeling me right now. Like, I'm so emotional. Like, I get emotional when I think about being a comic. I want to do it so bad. Um, but in the end, like, I was getting at, so even if I'm, like, not a good comic on stage, at least I know I can go to PS Doors and I can make the guys I work with laugh and giggle all day and maybe make their day a little better. You know what I'm saying? So what is wrong with my emotions right now, Bailey? It's crazy. She's sniffing around. She wants to go outside. But I'm really, I'm honestly, like, very passionate about it. And doing this podcast is huge for me. This is something I've always wanted to do. And honestly, I know that sounds super cliche, like dude, white dude starts a podcast who wants to be a comic or wants to be an actor or something. I don't know. Is that all cliche? I don't care. Really don't care, you know. And I don't have a crazy amount of listeners. But I do have a tiny little following and I love you guys so much. I really do. Um only went ten minutes. Oh man. But I love you guys. I really do. So what else is there to talk about? Um, they got the, the – so our backyard got all finished. I don't know if I ever really talked about that much. But the septic got all finished. And we got some gnarly ruts in the yard from trucks that had to drive in and out and bring in the clay and all this other stuff. But uh, they came back out and they fixed the yard up really nice. And they put down 100 pounds of grass seed. And we've been moderately watering it because we don't need our water bill to be crazy because we own a budget. But uh, – yeah, I don't know. Speaking of that, like I am back at I am back to work and they got me working in I'm not welding yet because of the neck and they're slowly getting me working working me into it. Um I've done a little welding, doesn't seem to bother me too bad. But we have a robot welder at, at PS doors and the day we got that robot, I had my hand in the air, like, I wanna run that thing. I wanna run the robot. And as all these other old welders or older welders or more experienced welders, well, oh, fuck that robot, it can't do what I can do and Nobody really wanted to, like, like, I don't know, they were afraid it was going to take their jobs, you know, or something. Like, you're going to be okay. The robot's not going to take our jobs. And, oh, Lord, the hockey fucking crazy town named it Susie, like, Sue, S-I-O-U-X-Z, whatever, E-E, Susie. 
Like, I'm telling you guys, I joke all the time about, I have so much funny stand-up comic material about how people take hockey way too serious in this town. And you guys can hate me or love me for it. I don't care. Hockey's awesome. I love hockey. But man, these people up here, it is no joke. It is like a religion to them. So, I fucking digress, man. Um, What's up? Oh, so swearing and stuff on here. Like, I've heard some people say, like, hey, like, I don't know why you swear so much. That's just how I talk. It's who I am. I'm real. Uh, I just want to give you guys the realest Dave you can get. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting here. I mumble. I stumble. I over words. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm actually doing really good. So uh, I used to hate on myself all the time, and that shit just doesn't... No good. Stop hating on yourself. For real. It doesn't get you anywhere. Um, you guys probably don't even notice a lot of my verbal pauses and the goofy things that I say and do You know, until I tell you guys that I do them. So now you're all listening for them, and it's whatever. <laughs> Bailey's right here. She's doing so good. Such a good pup. Uh, she barely ever leaves the yard when she does. I get a really yell and she comes back. All I really care about is like I want her to just whenever I say come, I want my dog to come. And a lot of that has to do with uh, when you're angry at the dog or frustrated, and when it comes back to you, don't kick its ass ever, 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 ever. Like she'll, I'll be so mad at her. She ran away from me, and I'm just like. Come here, Bailey, and I talk to her like the sweetest voice, and then she finally comes back to me, and I just grab her and I give her a little hug, and you're like, I want to murder you, but you can't, because if the first time you punish your dog, especially it has low titration levels to pain, and you smack your dog around a little bit, it's never going to come back to you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm being real. Like, everybody smacked their dogs around. Like, this dog is maybe mad enough for I bop her on the nose a couple times here and there, and she doesn't take well the pain. Um, with negative reinforcement, obviously, like, she will do whatever she can to avoid getting bopped on the nose. So and that is a training method we used in the military was negative reinforcement. It's like do the right thing or get popped, you know. So it was like, or don't get popped. Let me take a drink. I'm too far away from the pause button. Who wants to pause it anyway, right? Well, anyway, um, she heals and sits and downs and stuff, but she's our house dog. She's not like I'm not Mr. Drill Sergeant fucking – I probably am a little bit too much sometimes with her. But I'm not. Like, I'm raising a house dog. I'm not raising some working dog. Like, someday I'd really be cool to get a German Shepherd or Belgian Malinois or Dutch Shepherd or a Traverne or something and actually train a dog myself and, and do all that. I really do want to do that someday. But I got And I got the land for it now. I just want to have, like, a shop or a shed that I can build some indoor-outdoor kennels and stuff. So any tips you guys ever want on training dogs? Like, I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did brain dump a little bit since I got out of the military, but now that I got a dog again, it's like, man, I forgot how easy dogs are to train and, and for me and this and that. And every dog is different. Don't get me wrong. Like, you can write me and be like, hey, can you help me fix my eight-year-old bulldog that shits on the floor? And it's like, that thing is probably stubborn and isn't going to change its ways at this point, man. So do what you can. I mean, you can fix it or train them. It's a joke. Oh, Lord. We got four fuzzball kittens that run around this house, and they're just – it's hilarious. They – I let one of them out. Now it wants outside all the time. So I shouldn't have did that. Now i got to guard the door. It's going to get slammed in the door. Something bad's going to happen. But It is what it is. I've tried not to get attached to them, but I'm attached to them. They're so cute, and I love cats. I've always loved cats. I love cats more than dogs, believe it or not. And I actually worked with dogs a lot of my career in the military. Um, we can talk about that, I guess, the military, when I, I K-9 school. So I joined the military in 2000, like I said before. I uh, was stationed in Minot till 2005. In 2005, 
I got I, I left Minot and got stationed in Grand Forks. And from Grand Forks, right when I first got here, I got orders to go to canine school. I applied for it. Always wanted to work with dogs. Um, it was weird. When I was out in the missile field, every time I talked about being canine, everybody would trash you and talk, talk down to you saying it was your, oh, you're just doing it to get out of the air, to get out of the missile field. Uh, people put in for short tours to Korea or they put in for, you know, to go overseas or something just to get out of Minot because nobody wanted to be stationed in Minot, especially doing missiles. So I actually went and talked to the kennel master at, when I was in Minot and mentioned I wanted to be canine, and he actually said, you're a missile cop, and I, you're, are you doing it to get out of the missile field? And I was like, fuck these guys, man. They're a bunch of pretentious assholes, and got a little sour about it. So when I got to Grand Forks, I met some canine guys right away, and they were, like, awesome to me, and they, like, uh, Mike Iverson was one of them. I don't know. Doesn't listen to my podcast, I'm sure of it, but that dude was one of the best trainers, uh, kennel, dog trainers I ever met in my life. That dude taught me so much. But uh, he had me hooked on it, you know, and... Anyway, so I applied, and then in May in 2005, I went down to San Antonio, Texas. Uh, went through canine school. It was uh, roughly three months, I believe. Yeah, three months. Um, the first half was all patrol training, so you go out and they teach you how to, you know, teach teach you how to tell your dog how to sit, heel, stay, and like what you do when they don't, like how to do correction and all the fun jazz and you got to go out and, and got to learn how to do scouts where your dog actually smells somebody in the air and then goes and finds them. Uh, building searches, all the obedience stuff, you know, run the obedience courses. So that was the first month and a half, and then you got certified on that in the end. Um, during all that, you got trained to be a decoy, the guy who wears the sleeve and the suit, and you got trained to be that guy and do all that fun stuff. I got bit in the ass by a green dog. Ugh, the dog wasn't green, but it was like a brand new dog. It was the first time it was ever going to bite a rap, and I had already caught a few dogs, and I figured it was going to just bite the rap like all the other dogs. Now that fucking dog didn't care about the rap. It bit me in my ass and it hurt so bad. It didn't break the skin or anything. But man, that was ridiculous. So uh, the second half is all detection. And detection was, it wasn't, I don't know, some people thought it was boring compared to patrol work. But I actually found it really interesting, you know, the, how they train the dogs to find uh, a certain odor and how they train them to respond on that odor. Um, Learning that your dog has changes of behavior, so your dog acts a certain way while it's searching, and then all of a sudden, if you see it whip its head, or you see its nose go up in the air, it starts wagging its tail, or fucking it farts. I don't know. Anything that, you know, you're, you learn the change of behavior of your dog. You're like, normal search pattern, normal search pattern, normal search. Oh, he swept his head. Okay, now we're on to something. And you see the whole time, you're just so observant of that dog. And you're just looking for his uh, verbal cues and all that, so... Nonverbal cues, like verbal cues, like he talks to you. <laughs> Maybe he'll bark. I don't know. They do have verbal cues when you're doing like searches and stuff for actual people, not necessarily like drugs or bombs. Um, so, yeah, that was my canine story, I guess. I guess I wanted to fill in some time here and get it up there because I'm pretty much done. Uh, I just want to get out here and just – I honestly think like everybody needs to get a little political right now, for real. I think it's a good time to like look into politics and – I don't know, like some people just don't want to get involved in it. Man, it is, I think you can kind of look in a little bit and not get too addicted. Like I'm, it drives me crazy thinking about like one day you're like, man, Trump's doing good, you guys, leave him alone. And the next day you're like, yeah, but this guy could fucking stop saying dumb shit and influencing dumb people and actually like try to fix the racial divide that we have going on right now. And there definitely is a racial divide. So 
don't know, guys. Let me know, man. If anybody wants to be on my podcast, for real, you guys. I want to sit down and have a conversation. I could sit down with anybody, man. For real. Hit me up. Let me know. Oh, you can meet me at my house. I can pack this shit up and come to your house. So I got to get down to Fargo. I got I got people I want on my podcast, and I got to hit a few people up still too. I'm trying to be proactive about it. I'm trying to get out and do this, and like just I get nervous. I get nervous about having like the chairman of North Dakota like. Uh, legalized North Dakota like shows up to my house and like the guy was just super professional and was just the most he was so knowledgeable on all that stuff it was ridiculous it blew my mind and uh, my buddy Mike having him on I'm like I think he was more nervous than I was but it's I want to have those conversationalist podcasts I think people like to hear two interesting people talk about their their story and I love people's stories Uh, like everybody I ask a lot of racial questions and I ask a lot of stuff sometimes because I honestly, like, I'm just curious about a lot of things, and I just want, I don't know, I just want to know, I just want to know everything, <laughs> it's crazy, right, that sounds really crazy, but I just want to know what's up with everybody, man, if I see somebody that's different, I ask questions, and it can be weird or whatever, I work with a guy who's been, he's deaf, and he, he's been working at PS Doors for a couple years, and I've never even talked to the guy, and so now I'm in, I'm working with him in the section that they put me in, and I never got into the robot stuff either, but <laughs> uh, they put me in the section to work with him right now since I can't weld, and he, um, yeah, so I just asked him, I'm like, what, you know, what's the deal? You know, you're deaf or whatever, you're partially deaf, what's up? And he has um, this device that goes into his ear on the side of his head, and he's had it since he was two, and it helps him, he can hear like 15% or something, like... It's not the best, but he can actually hear. Like before that, he was completely deaf. So it actually messes with the way he talks as well. Like if you've ever heard somebody who's deaf that um, they weren't born deaf or whatever, so they they were they could hear for a, a period of their life, and then all of a sudden they went deaf and they kind of become they can't hear their own voice when they talk and they start to kind of slur words or mumble a little more. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's the UFC fighter, Matt Hamill. Like I use him as an example and I'm not going to mock how a deaf person talks on my podcast or anything like that. But I got, to, I learned that about that guy today and I, I don't know. He thought it was weird if I was asking questions and I don't know. I mean, if he thought it was weird, he just needs to tell me. So I don't want to talk about it, but he didn't, you know, he told me how his sister is deaf too. And his father is uh, partially deaf and how it's super genetic that he, they're passing that down. And it's, it's, it's a pretty cool story, and I don't know. I'm always just really curious. Um, I don't know if black people think I'm racist if I ask racial questions. Um, it is what it is, man. I'm just I'm just a curious guy, and I just want to talk, and I just want my voice to be heard. Uh, I'm just that guy, you know what I mean? And a lot of people, like I talk with Robin, want to just not put it all out there and and whatever, but I want to put it out there. I feel like I've experienced a lot in my life, and... I feel like I, I see things differently than a lot of people do, and especially a lot of the people around me where I live is very conservative, you know, and the way people think here is, it's, you know, it is the way they think. I'm not going to say it's wrong or whatever, but it just, it's, it can be kind of narrow-minded sometimes. And I think people need to just, honestly, if you're, if you're stuck left or right right now, like if you actually call yourself a Democrat or you call yourself a Republican and that's the way you vote you know, or whatever, then you're in the wrong right now, like, Right now is the time to be political. Right now is the time to speak up. And Robin and them are home, you guys. So uh, I didn't even get into the robot thing. All I'm saying is I want to be the. I want to run the robot like that guy. If I get paid 
for that thing to weld and I don't have to. Maybe it'll be easier on my body. Um, the technology is the way to go, man. Maybe I can make more money. So, you know, they got me working with it now and I'm excited. So I'm just putting my best foot forward and trying to trying to just show those guys that I'm not just a welder, that I have a lot of leadership and I live a lot of management experience. Yeah, it's military, but still, man, I, I, had, I, was, I supervised a lot of people and I thought I was a good supervisor and I thought my leadership style was worked really well for me. You know what I mean? And it is what it is. So hit me up. Anytime, you guys, it's Dave, Dave's Podcast One at gmail.com, Dave's Podcast on Facebook, Dave Helmbrook on Facebook. Oh, man, funny welder on Instagram, and there she goes. Mom is home. So um, thank you guys for listening. Seriously, I love all of you guys so much, and I appreciate you guys. Hit me up anytime. Later.